please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Howdy, friend. Welcome back to the Science of Light. I am extremely stoked about today's episode. So this episode is for you if you want to know... Okay, so first of all, who this episode is for, cleansing skeptics, because that is who I had in mind with several of the questions I asked because I enjoy cleansing and I've encountered a lot of cleansing skeptics in my life. Everybody's like, oh, if you have filter organs, you shouldn't ever need to do a dietary cleanse because that's toxic diet culture, blah, blah, blah. So I hear you. I had you in mind when I was recording or when I was recording this interview and asking the questions that I asked to kind of explore that because I hope y'all know me by now or if you're new around here that I, I take blending spirituality with science really seriously and that's kind of the whole point of this podcast. So I asked our guest today, Donna Papania, some tough questions and she had really great answers for all of them. And then beyond that, Even if you're not a cleansing skeptic, maybe you've heard of an Ayurvedic cleanse before, you've never done one, or maybe you have done one. Either way, if you're not a skeptic and you're just interested in yoga and Ayurveda, um, I hope that you enjoy this episode as well because just answering the skeptic's questions is actually a pretty small portion of the episode. The rest of the episode is packed with just really good yoga philosophy and linking things like prana to the nervous system and really getting into the nitty-gritty of how an Ayurvedic cleanse works. And so our guest today has not just a Bachelor of Science in um, exercise science, but also, so she got that. Then she went and did her yoga teacher training and did the levels one and two with the Ayurvedic Institute, which if you're here in Asheville, they're here now. So we talked about that. She has worked extensively with Dr. Vasant Lad, who I'm sure whose name you know if you're at all interested in Ayurveda. His book was her gateway into Ayurveda, and it was also mine. So you might relate to that if you practice yoga um, and if you've ever had an interest in Ayurveda, you've probably come across Dr. Vasant Laud before. She studied with him for like 10 years and worked in his cleansing department. And then she went on while she was working with him to get a bachelor's of science in nutrition and a master's of nutrition. So she really, really knows her stuff. And if you listen to the last episode that was also kind of centered around Ayurveda with a kids and family yoga therapist, um, One of the highlights of that episode was that, uh, you know, that is, I think it's like an Einstein quote that's like, you don't really understand something fully unless you can explain it to a six-year-old. So while today's guest is not a kids and family yoga therapist like our last guest, but she could totally explain these concepts to a six-year-old. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the interview and make sure you stick around until the end for a very, very special offer she made just for the listeners of this podcast. So you'll have to listen all the way to the end to get that. So here we go. 
All right. Welcome back to the Science of Light. Today, I'm joined by Donna Papania. Hello. Hi. So Donna is an extremely accomplished Ayur Yogi. That's actually her website, FYI, AyurYogi.net. Um, so we're going to get into it, what that means, how you ended up where you are. Do you mind just telling us our story? Just take that very open-ended question and run with it. Yeah, yeah. If I get too long-winded, just shut me down. <laughs> no, that's what we do here. We love long-winded and meandering. That's where the wisdom is. Right, right. And my uh, journey into the wisdom started um, in my early 20s. I guess I, I was about 22, and that was um, several moons ago. And I was graduated from college. I had a degree in exercise science. So my mind was already very movement oriented. What happens to the body when we move all of this mm-hmm. from a scientific perspective, but I was also laced with the wanderlust. And so once I, uh, graduated from my bachelor's degree, I decided it was time to move from Mississippi, which is very, very hot, to Colorado yeah. to snowboard mm. my life away. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I just followed that dream and it ended up opening the door to yoga. I was, you know, coming out of studying the science of exercise. I'd been an athlete. Mm. And so I was still very much a gym rat. And, Mm. um, within that I was, you know, always doing machines and things and, um, was never much to join in on any kind of group class. And for some reasons to this day, unknown to me, I just plopped myself down in a yoga class one afternoon And, you know, made my way through the class. And then at the end, she tells me to relax. And I'm like, what? And so (laughs) I get into into it and, you know, just drop into this relaxation, which um, for me was was a very profound experience. I can still see it in my mind. I was very much um, having lots of um, visuals. Ah, cool. Yeah, my my consciousness just popped wide open during that 10-minute shavasana. And I came back as she was bringing us back into our bodies and into the classroom. And I was transformed. Mm. And from that moment forward, everything was yoga. What was the yoga schedule at the gym? Okay, there's a yoga studio down the street. And I changed my work schedules. I skipped some snowboarding. And wow. it was it was full on. I I just I couldn't not. And so you got bit by the bug. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <bug. laughs> yeah, it is. I agree. You know, that was in 2000, maybe 2001. And so at that time, you know, our culture wasn't so inundated 
right. with yoga, um, it, you know, we're still kind of on the verge of, of where we are now. It's been a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to watch the transformation. Um, and, and so I say that to lead into the point that I got hold of a copy of Yoga Journal, which wasn't like so prevalent and was the one right. and only, it was the one and only, yeah. you know, line of communication. Publishing. There was nothing online. It wasn't like mm-hmm. that. And so I'm flipping through this magazine and I come to this full page spread. And remember, I'm living in Colorado. I believe it's like December at this point. It's cold. Mm, and there's yeah. this full spread of this woman in a full pigeon on the beach in the Bahamas. And I couldn't, I shut the magazine. I couldn't even look at it. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it just, uh, it was incomprehensible to me that that was happening yeah. somewhere on the planet. And, um, and then I opened the magazine back up and I flipped back and I started to take in what they were trying to communicate with this uh-huh. spread. And it was an ad for yoga teacher training at the Shivananda ashram in the Bahamas. Okay. And I was like, wow, some people are so lucky they get to do that. Yeah. And I set the magazine down again. I sat there. And then I I picked that magazine up and I opened it back and I was like, that's for me. Nice. And I, there was a phone number. It was that time. I'm telling you, nothing was online. So there was a phone number. Yeah. The ashram. I called the ashram right then put my credit card down and, and walked away from that conversation with whoever it was at the ashram feeling shocked and elated. But with this right. knowing this, with this knowing that uh-huh. I was on the right path. Yeah. And so I really dove in with that lacing of wonderlust, like I uh-huh. do, and um, really embraced that facet of my journey. Nice. Yeah. So then you went to teacher training. I know you've been through a lot more training between then and now. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I had an interesting experience as we all do at our teacher mm. trainings. I was, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was introduced to the word Ayurveda. And, okay. And I went, I attended like a little 20 minute intro and learned what is Ayurveda and was like, wow, mm-hmm. that's really, that's really super cool. Um, but it didn't, you know, really strike me so deeply until I found Mm -hmm. myself in the boutique at the ashram one afternoon, I guess, between classes. And I was by myself and I walked into the boutique. Nobody's in there. And, um, Dr. Ladd's little red book, the science of self healing, I believe Mm -hmm. fell off the shelf. No way. Yeah. So I pick up this book and um, just start 
kind of flipping through it and I had another one of those moments. Oh, this is mm-hmm. for me. And so I ended up w- taking the book and um, starting to get a little more familiar with Ayurveda and started f- hearing myself telling people that when I was leaving teacher training, I was going to go study Ayurveda. I just didn't like hearing myself say these things until finally I heard myself and I was like, Oh, okay. I guess I'm going to do that. I've announced it like 500 times now. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, we can kind of fast forward to me getting back to Colorado um, Uh after my yoga teacher training and kind of settling in the woman I had been studying with uh, prior to my teacher training didn't know that I'd gone and I ran into her on the street and she was taken aback and was like, you look so different. I was like, I did yoga teacher training. (laughs) Nice. And she immediately pulled me into a a local shop off of the sidewalk. She knew the owner. So we went into their office and she started making phone calls and she pushed me into teaching that week. And so I had no, you know, I, I had nothing to do with it, to be <laughs> quite honest. I was a little yeah. afraid and I didn't yeah. think I was ready, but she, she really, um, just took my hand and made sure that I stayed on my path. And so I'm so nice. grateful uh, to her for that. And, um, yeah. in the meantime, my personal life was unraveling, you know, I was just Mm. not in a good, uh, space with my relationships and my, my health, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself properly. Mm. And, um, a friend of mine who was in a similar spiral, we could call it said, Hey, I think I'm going to go to grad school in Albuquerque. Will you ride down there with me? And check out New Mexico. I was like, oh, yeah, there's this guy down there who teaches Ayurveda. I heard about him. I have his book. He seems cool. Let's pop in on him, too. Cool. Yeah. And so we uh, ended up hopping in her truck and heading down there. And I pulled a similar type thing that as soon as I was at the Ayurvedic Institute on Manal Street in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I pulled out my credit card. I was like, this is for me. And I signed up. That was probably um, early summer. And so I signed up to start the two-year program with Dr. Ladd. Um, It was like October 2nd or 3rd. So I had a few months to get myself organized and get down there. But that was was the next step. Cool. Sounds like you're very good at just following nudges. We all get them. We don't all listen to them. Yeah. It, it, uh, I, I guess it's a gift of having the Vata brain. You don't always think <laughs> everything through to the end. You just kind of go. Yeah. I mean, hey, yeah, there's that's. Yeah. Can we, let's take that little aside because I'm going to assume that not everybody listening, I've done, I've done episodes on this show covering each of the, 
the doshas, but I've done them in terms of seasons. Like I'll do a little episode that's like as we're changing seasons, I'm like, here's what you do for Pitta season. So let's just assume that people don't know what Vada is. So can you say a few more things about what characteristics of Vata? Yeah. So it's easiest to understand if you dial it back to the idea that in Ayurveda we believe everything in the manifest in the manifest universe is created out of five elements. Mm-hmm. Five elements being space, air, fire, water, and earth. And mm-hmm. so knowing that everything has all of those five elements in it, we can account for the variations of things in our in our conscious universe to be to the fact that there's different proportions of each of the five elements. And so when there's a very high proportion of space and air, these very light and dry and mobile and etheric Mm. elements, then we call it Vata. Mm -hmm. So Vata quite simply is um, space and air and their Mm -hmm. behaviors as they interact together. Yeah. Is that so clear? it's like late. Yeah, no, that was a great, great explanation. I that's why I, I was like, I'm sure you're gonna have a good explanation because you're <laughs> very much more trained in Ayurveda than I am. Um, and I sit over here and try to explain it. Um but yeah, yeah. So Vata is like late late fall, early winter. That yeah, it's cold, yeah. dry. Yeah. But the mm-hmm. mobile I think is yeah, there there's pros and cons to all of them. And I think that that ability to be so mobile and kind of like, you know, some of us are a little more fixed and and that sounds crazy to just be following your, your ideas like that. But mm-hmm. I think it's, yeah, look how well that's worked out. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, the beauty along that line is that it gives us all permission to be very authentic because mm-hmm. no two people can operate in their dharma in the same way. So right. you you really have to have an understanding of your Ayurvedic constitution um, so that you can operate at your optimal functioning. And it, Agreed. it's mental, physical, spiritual. We hit every level and we're all going to look different. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I love how Ayurveda just makes it so simple. Like, you know, there's only three, there's only three doshas. And so it's like, there's only three gunas. So it's, to me, it's either like, are you sattvic? Are you in the middle? Are you doing well? Or are you are you, too, you need to turn the knob up or down? And that's kind of your only two options, up or down. You know what I mean? And I think that's, I think it's so simple that it almost sounds like it would be too simple, but it's not. It's just right in my opinion oh yeah and I love that you bring up the three gunas because in my mind that's a very strong bridge between Ayurveda and yoga that link Mm. that Ayurveda is using the body and physical practices of diet and lifestyle and cleansing and managing your doshas so that you are sattvic and you can do your spiritual practices. And then yoga has that same yeah. overlap. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I tell people that in my classes often that it's like we don't take care of our body just to do it, just to have like a nice Instagram body or whatever. Like we do it because if you're hungry or achy or your stomach hurts or whatever, it's it's definitely going to hinder your meditative state. It's going to be a mm-hmm. distraction. So we use these tools like from Ayurveda so that our body feels good so that it's not distracting our mind basically is how I explained that. Is that Scott? Love it. Yeah. Me too. Cool. Yeah. So you started studying with Dr. Lod and he's now in Asheville. That's super cool. Yeah, where I am. Yes. I'm stoked about that. That that's he's so here now. That's that's pretty lucky. Yeah. That he moved here. Lucky for me, selfishly. I'm like, yay, he's close. Well now that I'm back never in Mississippi, I feel lucky too, because I can just speed up the uh-huh. easily. Yeah, on the same side of the country. Uh-huh. Very cool. Um, so you did. He has is the level one and two. This is I just I don't know. I've never looked into it that much. Is the level one and two? Is that the two years or are they like two years each? That's it's two years total. Okay, so that's his his training is level one is the first year and level two is the second year. Mm-hmm. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah. And then so since did you get your. I saw you have a BS in nutrition. Did you get that at the same time as your exercise science or did you go back? I I went back and I went back after studying Ayurveda. Mm, Interesting. Okay. And you went on and got a master's. Yeah. So you did both? I did both. After. Wow. Yeah. So I went into it as an Ayurvedic practitioner and yoga instructor and therapist and wanted some science. And Dr. Ladd's very big on bridging um, our modern science with Ayurveda. So there was, I was working for him in in his clinic when I started studying nutrition. And so um, he actually did a little nudging and he said, you know, nutrition is just like Ayurveda. I was like, okay, I'll do Mm -hmm. it. Again, I was like, nice. oh, okay, just sign me up. Here's my credit card. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. I love that, the following the the nudges. And I agree that those things pair super well together. That's like kind of my whole point with this podcast is like we need both. We need – there's a lot of wisdom in modern science and academia and how all that works, but I think we need to – I think the blend is is where it's at. Could you so could you say a little more about how perhaps maybe how you blend them now or like what that's looked like for you along that path? Yeah. So you know, I um, I have a ten. Uh, so so to rewind a little bit with the story. Um, no, I love it. I yeah. uh, so I did the two years with Doctor Ladd, and then as I was finishing my second year. He hired me to work in his cleansing clinic. And so I um, moved into that position and was a um, giving some of the treatments and then also doing consultations and taking people to um, their appointments with Dr. Ladd and sitting in on those and then translating those for them and then bridging that into their lifestyle. And Mm -hmm. so it's really helpful to have a way of talking scientifically with people because um, that's what most people are used to is hearing about um, 
you know, what do they call them? The macros. They call it the <laughs> abbreviated right. macros these days. And yeah. You know about their glucose. And so mm. you have to be able to have um, a leg to stand on if you want to work at a high level, helping people to not only navigate the ins and outs of nutrition, but then also looking at um, herbs versus meds and these types of things. So mm-hmm. um it's also true that, you know, modern, our, our, our nutrition is coming a long way as far as um, phytochemicals and plant medicines and these types of things and trying, trying to bridge, you know, people are coming around to, uh, to that type of thing as well, even in the scientific realm. Right. And yeah. so that was um, a, a good, good way to bring those things together. And so I do bring a lot of that into the cleanse that I offer now. And the cleanse that I offer is a cleanse that Dr. Ladd taught me. And I worked with him in doing at his clinic. Yeah. And so I put it into a home format um, that people can do without having to travel and um, with a very high level of support. That's awesome. So I'm really excited we've reached this because I am stoked to ask you about cleansing because so I'm just, I'm going to give a little background. I believe heavily in, I've never done an Ayurvedic cleanse personally, but I have done, like I started out dabbling in the cleansing world with like Whole30. I tried Mm -hmm. that because that's kind of like an elimination diet. That's where I started. And then I tried like I did one that's like a MLM thing, like a like a pyramid scheme. One of those, I did one of those, and then and then I tried Whole Thirty again a couple of years later, and then I did another one that's based. It's called the um, Arise and Shine, and it's based some guy, some doctor, like out in Washington State or something, invented this thing. I don't know. So I've done a few different cleanses in my lifetime, and I personally, my experience with cleansing is that first of all, it's how I got pregnant after infertility two times with Mm -hmm. both of my children. So I think there's something to that. Um, And I think there's something to cleansing and the immune system. But we also have this, like I hear in our culture all the time, like in Western culture, people are like, you don't need to do dietary cleanses. That's woo-woo nonsense because you have filter organs in your body, like your kidneys and your liver. And if you would need to cleanse if you didn't have filter organs. But I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, okay, you also change the oil in your car, even though you have an oil filter, right? Like, you know what I mean? That's my thinking about it. So could you say more about maybe scientific basis behind cleansing or just more about what cleansing really is? Can you like clear up some stuff there? Yeah. So it's true that your body has a certain ability to eliminate the things in there that it needs Mm -hmm. to get out. It it has a certain ability to do that. Absolutely. However, there are oftentimes um, a greater amount of, of toxins in the body than the body really wants to process. I agree. And so it'll do its best. And it will bring you back to a certain level of homeostasis. But in Ayurveda, we think about accumulation. 
what are we accumulating? Mm -hmm. And over time, if we're not helping the body to become fresh again, then we're accumulating everything that the body doesn't have a natural ability to kick out. And, you know, what we see in our, in our own lives and in the people around us is that over time, the body gets imbalanced in some way. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we end up with, with some sort of disease and Ayurveda says that those diseases are largely preventable. If you keep yourself closer to your homeostasis. Right. And so the cleansing is designed to put you back at homeostasis. And then the lifestyle practices are there to keep you from deviating too far away. And then you cleanse again and you're back Mm -hmm. to homeostasis. So it becomes a matter of daily lifestyle and annual lifestyle. I agree. I'm just, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe part of me wants to ask more questions to like kind of debunk for the skeptics out there because that's kind of you know a little bit what I'm doing here with this podcast is like there are things I hear people say often that Ayurvedic cleansing or just cleansing in general is not that you don't need to do it which you kind of just went over but um, I don't know I'm just thinking of examples like I just went to the dentist yesterday and got my teeth cleaned but I still brush my teeth every day. You know, so that feels like the same concept to me. Um, it's just like a deeper clean, and we do that, and we think it's fine for our mouths, but not for our digestive system. I don't know. It's just been on my mind recently. Cleansing has probably because I enjoy cleansing, and I, I like to do it at least once a year, but for the past several years, I've been either pregnant or breastfeeding, and I think I shouldn't do it. Yeah. While yeah. Pregnant it's or kind breastfeeding. of a delicate time. Yeah. Is um uh can so can you say more about what an Ayurvedic cleanse entails or like how how your cleansing process works what you guide folks through? Yeah. So um it's it's typically about a 10-day period. Um and it travels kind of a a slope. So we kind of ease into it. We peak in the middle five days and then we ease out of it. So the first three days are um, a limited diet and limited meaning limited by selection, not by quantity. So this is not by any means a a go hungry type of thing. In fact, it's more of something where you absolutely eat per your hunger meaning that even if it's a weird time of day, if it's, you know, three in the afternoon, you're starving, you eat. And then on the other end of that, if it's noon and you always eat your lunch at noon, but you're not hungry, you don't eat. So during the cleansing period, we're just in a full call and response with the body. And so the food choices are limited, but quantity is not. Um, there's some preparation by taking ghee by mouth. Yeah. Um, (laughs) some people uh, get a little sketched out. They're like, you drink butter? 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is what that sounds like. Like, Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) And and they get worried about cholesterol and things of this sort. Mm. And so, you know, we can navigate around that. I've had people do flax. I've had people just not even do that portion. And so Mm. um, there's always ways to tweak this cleanse so that it's effective, but also doable for each person. That's cool. Yeah. Um, There's some herbs that you take throughout the cleansing period. Um, During the middle five days of the cleanse, we reduce the selection of foods even more greatly to um, just kitchery, which is uh, mung beans and rice and veggies. And um, we can do like a, a cooked breakfast cereal. And, and that's it. You can you can eat as much of that as you want, but those are your choices during that period. And it's not, also- I mean, it's nutritionally sound, right? Oh, yeah. Like all that, oh, like all protein, fiber. It's got what you need. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. Um, and it's only five days, so even if you're not sure that it does, then you know you're not gonna do any detriment to your body in in five days. So yeah. Um, there's also self-care routine with, um, Abiyanga, the body oils, um, Nasia, which is, uh, medicated oil through the nose. Mm. And, um, the last couple days, oh, we do tongue scraping. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the last couple days we're adding foods back in. And the, the thing about an Ayurvedic cleanse is that it's a true cleanse, meaning that we're actually going to flush things out of the body. So we're not just mm-hmm. taking a time period where we're not putting toxins in. We're actually um, using all of the processes to get the toxins into the GI tract so we can flush them. The gold standard for flushing is an enema. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes we navigate around doing that with um, with other ways of pushing the the toxins through because that's not always palatable to some people, but that that's the gold standard. And I'm with it. I I have an entire booklet that I wrote that has instructions on what to do each and every day. And then it has explanations cool. of how to do each thing and their purposes. And uh-huh. um, I've got that plastered all throughout um, on my Facebook page. Okay. And so you can just download the thing and, and you could do the cleanse by yourself. Navigate it. With that yeah. guide. Yeah. And... Um, I offer it as a service. And so when I offer it, I put everything that you need into a kit and I mail it to you. And then I talk you through everything that you need to do. And I am open for texting throughout the day when someone's doing the cleanse. So if something pops up and there's a question, I'm, I'm right there to answer And then when you do the cleanse with me, you also have access to an online portal that has videos and more about the how-tos and 
and wow. other things that are um, supportive during the cleansing period. That's cool. So I know um, I have so many questions. Yay. But first one that's coming up is um, I think it's – I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure Ayurveda recommends cleansing kind of like at the change of seasons – do you have recommendations on how often, when, like what's your recommendation for or like maybe do you cleanse yourself? How often do you do it? What do you recommend? Um, so I, I just recommend exactly what Ayurveda tells me. So um, it is most powerful to cleanse at the juncture of a season, just like you just said, because as you were mentioning before, doshas – seasonally raise and and go down. And so at mm-hmm. the end of a vata season, your body has accumulated the vata from the environment. And so right. I'm specifically looking to to cleanse that out. Yeah. And so it's recommended seasonally. So with that, I am a single mom. I work. <laughs> yeah. I do all the things. And so yeah. for me, it's just, I can't, I just can't. Yeah. So I, I am actually cleansing right now. Oh, wow. I am. I'm cool. on day three and I'm, I'm posting it all on Facebook, which I've never done before. And it's a, breaking me a little bit out of my shell as I'm doing it. But yeah. Um, so this is not, the end of a season in Mississippi, you know, we're still in summer peak pit of season. We're, we're, yeah, we're in it. And so I, um, but I had to snag the time because my kids just went back to school and then my hosting Uh, the cleanse with, with everyone who wants to join in, which I want everyone planet to join. Um, yeah, we'll start picking up in September because, um, because that's the juncture, that's the end of summer, mm-hmm. starting into yeah. fall and all the way into November will be, um, a lot of, of cleansing happening. So I wanted to get mm-hmm. mine done prior to that. So I love that. Yeah. But I, I recommend that for people as well. You have to not only, um, you know, go by when's exactly the end of the season, but you have to look at your, we got to be real. You have to look at your calendar, see when does it fit my schedule? When is this going to be doable without, you know, making me crazy. And so, so for me, I'm in it now and I'll do it again in in the spring. And that's pretty much my rhythm twice a year. I like that. Yeah. I think that's, that's pretty good because even though, so I don't know. I have actually heard different interpretations. I've heard people try to make the doshas line up to our four seasons. Like we think of spring, summer, fall, winter. Mm-hmm. Then I've also, I mean, there's only three doshas, right? So in my mind, the way I conceptualize it is like we have pitta season, then vada season, like summer to early fall, vada season, late fall. To win to early winter and then kappa season is like late winter to early spring. That's the way I think of it. I don't know. I feel like that that kind of I think twice a year. Yeah, I like that. There's yeah, you got to do what what works because yes. it's better 
to do what works in your life than to not do it because it doesn't seem to fit perfectly, I think. Yeah. 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 So could you say a little more about what the process is like aside from just the the logistics? So just in my experience with cleansing, there's more happening than just changing our diet. So could you say a little bit more about maybe what you see people experience? Is it Does it feel like sort of a spiritual cleanse as well for folks? Like what do you see happening when yeah. you guide folks through this? Oh, I love it. Um I see so many varied things on so many different levels. And so on the physical level, as you're going through the cleanse, there's, it's kind of a ride with your energy. You know, your energy can um, drop, it can spike up, you know, it can get irregular because your body is processing a lot. Um, mm-hmm. your, your smell may change because the skin is a major or, organ of detox. And so you may start to smell yeah. differently. I've had grown women with, uh, breakouts. <laughs> um, I've had an odd number of, um, people breaking up with uh, major relationships uh-huh. in their life. Yeah. As they're releasing through the body, it seems to seep into kind of an overall cleanse of all things that you don't need. And so, so I've seen a, a lot of breakups. It's interesting. Um, probably not the best selling point for doing cleanse, is it? Well, but it really does bring, bring you into alignment and so yeah. that's that's the heart of it. So if you're looking for alignment, then um, this this cleanse is is quite powerful. Um, some small things around food, just awakenings around uh, why and how much we're eating, and little nuances within an individual's diet comes to surface. Um, And then the product of the cleanse, by the end, physically, you know, people are uh, sleeping better. Digestion Mm -hmm. is almost invariably improved. Um, Any sort of joint pain and inflammation tends to at least be greatly reduced, if not eliminated. I love that aspect of it. After 10 days, you know, people are feeling good in their bodies. Um, My favorite thing for myself is this feeling that I get. It's it's this feeling of being very, very present Mm -hmm. and also very clear and very content, present. Present, clear, and content. I just, and I, it's after my enema, typically, when I've actually purged everything out, I give myself that space to just be in that time period where it's Uh an overwhelming feeling. And as I was speaking about before, Ayurveda is about accumulation and what are you accumulating Mm -hmm. 
And so mm-hmm. I really try to stay in that feeling because that's what I want to accumulate in my life. Ah, wow. I love that. Yeah. Cause I always, when I think of accumulation, I think of like in a bad way, like mm-hmm. accumulating just kind of, you know, you think about like a filter getting dirty. You got to wash your vacuum filters every so often because they get full of gunk. And I think of when I think of accumulation, I think of full of gunk. But I love that, that idea of full of the good things, mm-hmm. clearing the filter so that you can catch the good things that you want, like yeah. contentment. And yeah, wow, that's beautiful. Um, so I guess I'm just going to say to the skeptics, because I, I do hope like part of my mission for this podcast is like for the skeptics that don't want to believe in, you know, yoga or Ayurveda or whatever, it's things that are more spiritual in nature, or at least very enmeshed with spirituality that they can know that it's scientifically backed. So I don't know my thing to cleansing, even though I've never done an Ayurvedic cleanse, I've done other cleanses. And once I, I think I'm like got an Ayurvedic cleanse on my list. Once I finish breastfeeding, this my my five month old, because um, I don't know I don't know if maybe you can speak to that about the releasing of toxins and what actually happens. But I'm just like I don't know enough. I don't want to play with releasing my toxins into her milk or whatever. But anyway, I guess I don't know. I'm just what I want to say to the skeptics is don't knock it till you've tried it because that's been my experiencing with cleansing too. Is that it feels good. There's more happening than what's at the physical level. Like there is something happening there beyond just cleaning out our gut. And I think maybe you could speak to this with your nutrition background, like, um, you know, stuff that science is kind of discovering these days having to do with the gut brain and that, you know, the HPA axis and all that stuff. Can you say a little bit more about that? Like the sort of the connection there between the physical and the, or maybe even from an Ayurvedic lens, like what's with more, more with the disease process and that, could you speak a little more on that? Well, the first thing that's coming to mind as you're speaking about that is, um, with that gut brain, I think they call it the second brain or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's so much, nervous system that innervates the gut it's Mm -hmm. the GI tract is very very dense with nervous system and the nervous system is a lot of what we're working with in yoga we're trying to um on a physical level create a nervous system that can have the capacity for higher consciousness how does mm-hmm. that work? It, it works because the the nervous system uh, very closely is tied to our prana. And so when um, when the gut is is communicating um, something that's out of whack, it communicates it to the nervous system and that goes goes straight to our pranic body. Mm-hmm. And so, interestingly, the five pranas, but the one prana is actually five pranas. And um, the five pranas, very interestingly, are the facets of vata. 
And so you're automatically communicating to that dosha via Mm -hmm. the nervous system, via the GI tract, via whatever happened. Yeah. Throw your GI tract off. It goes straight to Vata. And Vata tends to be a culprit in throwing all of the doshas out of whack. Oh, Vata. Yep. (laughs) And so it's it's a direct communication in that way. Yeah. Well, and I also think of prana, and I've explained this in a few of my yoga classes, explained it this way, that prana, like, so it's life force energy, right? Like, and we think about that in a spiritual sense, our life force energy, and with each breath, we're bringing in more life force energy. But I also think of it, like you were saying, like the five values can pretty much, to me, looks a lot like our our lymph and circulatory systems. And the way I look at it is if we're breathing better, we're taking we're taking in more oxygen, letting out more carbon dioxide, which means we're circulating better in that way. And then if we're moving our body and taking care of our gut so that we absorb nutrients better, and then we're taking care of our circulatory system by moving our body, often with an asana practice, a yoga practice, then we are literally bring breathing life into the far reaches of our body by bringing more oxygenated, more nutrient dense blood better nutrients all throughout our body, through our circulatory system. And that's the way I think of it from science. But then yoga and Ayurveda would call that prana, right? But to me, I'm like, it's the same idea. Like it all works together. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I love that. Can you say more about – so this is a question I have. So you have other programs, and I want to talk about those in a second. Do do you do the – it sounds like – you were kind of mentioning because you said you're starting a, a cohort of a group in September-ish, September to October. Do they start with the cleanse? Do they go hand in hand or are the programs separate? They're um, separate. They're separate. You can, okay. if you're doing the yoga of Ayurveda program, um, you can add the cleanse on at a discount or vice versa. Uh, so once you're in, you're cool. just in the loop. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So can you then now say more about now that we've talked about the cleanse and I'm stoked about it because I think cleansing is cool um, and I'm stoked to know more about that. That's on my list for when I finish breastfeeding. Unless you think it's fine. I don't know. Do you know about the releasing of toxins into no, milk or is that – how does that work? I think we'll is that wait. A thing? Yeah, let's just – Yeah. Let's wait. It's okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think so too. And – um. But anyway, yeah, so I'm going to do it. I recommend anybody else to do it once, oh, for sure. you know, if you're not assuming not breastfeeding or, or pregnant or any other kind of. Are there any other contraindications that you know of? Um, I can navigate through most things. Um, you know, we wouldn't do it during chemo. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that's, that's the first thing coming to mind for some reason. Um, I, yeah. but I could address that on a individual basis if anyone has a question or a concern. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And that's the beauty of Ayurveda. It's so individualized. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Love it. Um, yeah. So can you tell us more about the Ayur- the yoga of Ayurve- Ayurveda program? Yes. So, um, rewinding to my story. Yeah. As I love I, when it comes full circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As I was working in the Panchakarma Clinic 
for Dr. Ladd, um, a position opened up teaching his Ayur yoga program for his students to mm-hmm. come to study for the two years. And then also for the Panchakarma clients and then anyone in the community, they wanted yoga. We were doing a lot of yoga. And so yeah. uh, I was hired for that position to teach his curriculum. And um, during that time that we we changed the curriculum quite a bit, we revamped the program and um, and I got to be, you know, at the heart and center of that. Cool. And, and yeah, I know it was an amazing um, moment in time. And then when I left the Ayurvedic Institute, um, it was my work. So I took it with me and I formatted it into an online program that I offer um, for people who have been practicing yoga. It's not, it, this is not a beginner's program. I get mostly mm-hmm. yoga therapists and yoga teachers and then people who are well-practiced. And so yeah. it's interesting that, you know, we kind of transitioned into talking about the pranas because that's largely what this program rests on is the link between um, working with prana in order to balance dosha through a yoga practice. Uh-huh. And so we're not real concerned with um, anything much outside of safety as far as positioning and adjustments to a pose go. We're worried about running the energy properly because energy yeah. has um, directional value. And so you have to know how to um, to work with your body or your students' bodies so that you're creating doshic harmony. So it's like creating uh-huh. medicine with your yoga. I love that. Me too. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah. And that's – I mean that's what it's about. So because I have a background in – I've landed in Vinny Yoga lineage as my favorite, but I did my training. Luckily for me, I did my 200-hour training at Asheville Yoga Center – several years ago now. And then I think it's changed a decent amount, especially now that the Ayurvedic Institute purchased Asheville Yoga Center and that's where they moved to. And so the people who started Asheville Yoga Center are no longer associated with it. So a lot of things have changed. Like a lot of the the OG teachers that were there since the beginning kind of left. Um, but I, I know the, the folks with the Ayurvedic Institute have, are great. I've had a chance to study with them a couple of times since they've, um, purchased and they're awesome. So I think it's only good things. But anyway, when I did my 200 hour training there several years ago, it was very like there were like we had a Kundalini teacher and she's one of the ones that left and um, Bhakti and Anusara. Mm -hmm. And so we were kind of introduced to all of the different lineages, Mm -hmm. which I think is an interesting perspective because most of the time people just kind of end up like, like you ended up in Shivananda because you like found yourself there and like, you know, that's used to be how it worked. And now everything's kind of enmeshed here in the U S mm-hmm. we are just intermingling the lineages. Um, but yeah, I think the, the reason I bring that up is because Iyengar is, I found myself studying with some Iyengar folks for a while and I found it to be very dogmatic about alignment. And that's actually why I started my teacher training. Cause I was like, I want to learn the air quotes, correct alignment 
four poses. And now I've taken a very different approach. Like the more I study, I'm like, there is no, like you said, like outside of safety, outside of like, don't hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. It's way more about how do you, how does it function over form? Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I love that. Being, how is your prana running? How are the deeper layers of yourself operating? Yeah. Yeah. So the function is to run the prana. Yeah. And I think that sounds to somebody who hasn't experienced it because that used to be me. Like when I first started my teacher training, even I had done, I'd been practicing yoga for almost 10 years before I went to teacher training. And, um, I didn't, I was like, "Mm, that sounds out there. Like how is my prana moving? Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? But now the more I study it, it makes more sense. It's very subtle. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it can be. It, it can also be right there in your face. <laughs> I think so. I think I think that's the case. I think it's just I have a very sciencey mind, so I tend to be the kind of person that's like you say some weird stuff, and I'm like very skeptical at first. Um, so could you say a little bit more about the framework? Could you give us an example? of maybe how you might manipulate prana with a pose, for example, you know, could you, could you like, absolutely. I want to back this up with some Vedic science. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) So, so we're working within the framework of the five koshas. And so if you're working with the outermost kosha, if you're working only with the physical body, then, Yes, you are very much worried about the position of your pinky toe and very much concerned with the, where things are positioned on the physical body. But we mm-hmm. must remember that there are other bodies to be addressed. Yes. And so within the, the Vedic science of the five koshas, we then want to think about our prana and how is our prana running and that we can have awareness to how that's happening once we shift our filter to those more subtle things. Uh, Yeah. And so if we're looking at the chronic level, that's actually a very powerful place to create sattva. And both Ayurveda and yoga want sattva. And so if we can get our own personal prana running how it is supposed to run per our Ayurvedic constitution, then we create sattva. And that mm-hmm. sattva will go a layer deeper into the mental level. And so then the mind begins to accumulate sattva. And so we start working very, very powerfully towards the true aim of both Ayurveda and yoga, which is mm-hmm. a static mind. Yeah. And so... I love that. So the methodology that I teach is is around accessing your prana, understanding those five pranas from the Vedic science perspective, and then doing mm-hmm. things to bring them into harmony. And so the things that we can do, you know, are, are there a little bit subtle and a little bit overt. So some of the things that we do are very simply change the pacing 
of our practice. Mm. We change the arm positions of the practice. We change mm-hmm. the drishti. We, yeah. we can change um, the orientation of the torso, things like this. We can, uh, yeah. we can adjust our breathing. So we'll, you'd be in, everyone would be in ujjayi, but there's a directional quality that you can bring to the ujjayi and an awareness mm-hmm. that's a little bit um, pulled out of tantra. And we can access the prana in that way. Mm-hmm. We already know uh, that that's what the bandhas are for, controlling right. the prana. So when we learn the science behind that and learn when and how to use them properly, then we have a very powerful container for the yeah. prana. So um, there, there's lots of little tricks that you can layer in to an existing practice. So you, you know, mm-hmm. if there is, um, any sort of worry around not being able to do a particular practice. You just learn the tricks of the trade. So yeah. that you can use your practice to, to create balance. And that's what it's all about. I think that's like you were saying, we've seen this shift from yoga being sort of fringe to being more ubiquitous. And I'm hoping, so my hope that, Ayurveda and my personal love, uh, Jyotish, Vedic astrology, start to become more mainstream. That's just what I'm I'm hoping. I'm with you. That's the next shift we see. So um, your program sounds fantastic. And before we hit record, you told me about a very, very special offer you wanted to extend to listeners of this podcast. So would you like to extend that offer now? Yes. To them. Yes. I, uh, I got inspired this morning to, um, to, to throw this offer out there. And so I'm excited to uh, potentially share with, with your listeners the, the yoga of Ayurveda. It's um, recently become a group program. You can still do it one-on-one, but I, I haven't yeah. shared it in a group format in several years. And I just... Um, and beginning to do that again. So I wanted to extend a scholarship offer to um, your listeners. So we'll say the first two that uh, that get in touch with me and want to sign up. We'll take uh, $300 off of the wow. already reduced tuition um, for the group program. The, the group program meets um, twice. Very worth it. Twice a month, uh, you have lifetime access to all of the materials, and the materials will serve you for a lifetime. It's it's yeah, incredible for material. sure. And yeah. um, if you want information, I guess contact me, and we can talk it out. Yeah, cool. So yeah, your website and all of that will be in the show notes, which okay. I'll say it out loud for folks that are. Listening while driving or something, iryogi.net. Yeah, that's where mm-hmm. people, yep. Yeah. A Y U R Y O G I.net. Yeah. Planted in your brain, folks that are driving or washing dishes or come back to it later. Do they just email you or? Yeah, just email me. And the, the pricing okay. for the course that's online is for the one on one program. The group program is, um, is $9.50 for the six months. 
and then the, the couple people that want to snag it, $300 off yeah. each. Yay! Wow. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. That's so generous. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. And I hope, I do hope folks take you up on that because, wow, what an incredible offering. Yeah. yeah thank you. Be blessed. Thank you. So there it is. You heard the lady snag that discount. I cannot believe y'all how good of a deal that is. If you've been thinking about extending your education into incorporating yoga with Ayurveda together in a container that would be incredibly supportive because you know it's going to be a much smaller group um, than some of these bigger companies that offer this kind of stuff. Um, So yeah, take her up on that. If you have been thinking about it, I doubt you'll ever find a deal like this again. And I can tell if you couldn't tell by just all her wonderful answers in this interview today, I can tell that Donna really knows her stuff. She's going to really support you well. So if you've been thinking about that, extending your Ayurveda education, I certainly hope you consider taking her up on that offer. And like I mentioned over on my other podcast, the Yogi Scope Signature Podcast, um, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S, you can learn why astrologically it's kind of a good time to go back to school anyway. So if you were wanting to further your yoga and Ayurveda education, I highly recommend this amazing offer from Donna. And not because I'm getting any – I always want to be clear about that. Like I'm not getting kickbacks from the guests for recommending their stuff. Um, so if I recommend it, I, I genuinely, from my perspective, think that it's going to be a good course and container. I wish I had the space in my life to be one of the two that takes her up on that, but I don't because I'm in my yoga therapy training right now. But I, her program just is wonder. It looks wonderful. I haven't taken it, but I've looked – into the details of it. It's a very high quality program. And also I plan on joining the cleanse next spring. So, uh, if y'all want to join me in that, let's keep that in mind. So please remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars and stay in the light. Have a great rest of your week, friends.